Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. Hello and welcome to another podcast from Disruptive HR where we look at and meet uh, organisations that are doing things differently and I'm really delighted today to be up here in Manchester with the co-op and so first up we have Claire Kamara and your People Director of OE, so Organisational Effectiveness and we also have Claire Fogden, so two Claires. And the other Claire, your role is talent and performance partner. So hello, both of you. Hello. hello. Good to see you. Hi, Lucy. So what I'd like to talk to you about is the work that you're doing around building leadership capabilities. And just talk to me about kind of the, the, the changes that you've made in the co-op uh, around moving away from perhaps some of the more traditional areas and some of the things that you're doing now. Okay, thank you for that. I, um, so I think it's been a bit of a journey to say, to say uh, the least. I think that what we recognised probably around uh, two years ago is that um, what has served us in the past is not going to serve us for the future. So we deliberately started to look at what do we need for the future in terms of leaders and how can we make sure that we keep that future focused um, And what are the kind angle? of capabilities that you're looking for? Yeah, so um, we've put a core capability around endless inclusion. We have um, five core capabilities that we're focusing on at the moment. So one being around endless inclusion and what that really means um, in every aspect of how you lead the organisation, how you develop colleagues and how you actually develop yourself. Are we really being inclusive in the way that we do things within the whole of the organisation? Forging relationships, um, uh, developing others, um, personal growth and, um, and creativity and innovation. Those are the five. So those, if you like, we've identified as an, a, amongst our 12 behaviours that are the priorities that will actually make sure that we have the right levels of accountability across the whole organisation and we remain future focused. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of started our journey by putting everything in the leadership space in three big buckets. First bucket is, have we got the right foundations in place? Second bucket is, where is it that we need to be operationally, operationally excellent? Yeah, and then the, the, the third one is, what is it that we need to do in this space to actually start to deliver to our strategic priorities? Um, and it will ebb and flow in terms of where the focus has been, but primarily we started at the, that base level. And um, historically, any time you'll kind of talk to leaders, the first question that everybody asks is, where's my programme? What yeah, are we doing? Yeah. You know, send me on a course. <laughs> yeah. um, and Preferably to a posh business absolutely, school. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we've said we're not doing that because one of the things that we wanted to do and make sure that was really clear is that unless 
everybody steps forward and can actually kind of start to move forward on the journey. There's no point investing anything until you've got some movement in terms of um, account level of accountability for leaders. Um, so the other thing that we've done is we've created for last year, based on the insight about what our colleagues are wanting from leaders, are four core to action, four key calls to action. One is that our colleagues were saying that they want leaders to really listen to them, really listen to them and engage with them, not on just a transactional level, but on a human level. The second was that we want um, they wanted them to be actually interested in what they said, yeah? <laughs> yeah, which is sounds really strange, but that's what was in the letter. You know, be interested in me and be and show an interest in yeah. what what I am. Um, because we've all what, had those conversations yeah. with leaders. I remember, I remember my chief exec once, a previous organisation, uh, saying to me, you know, how was your weekend? And I started telling him, and he said, uh, just for future information, I didn't actually mean that I was really interested. <laughs> it's like, yeah, seriously? Exactly. Seriously? Exactly. But it was like, okay, you yeah. just get the message. And you see it, yeah. don't you, when they're on their phones? Yeah, spend time, spend Actually, time. So listen to me and be interested in Interested in. Have honest conversations with me, yeah? And when we say that, we, um, and Claire, I'm sure, will share, when we say that, we mean really honest conversations, not in a kind of like a, you know, a, an aggressive hierarchical sense, but, you know, I want to be my best. So be honest and show me how I can develop as an individual. And, um, and also, I think that then the, the last one was building on that just engagement and spending time. So take the time to actually um, engage with me again. And these are not... Harvard Business School type behaviours, are they? They, no. are, they are human, decent behaviours that people are looking yeah, for from their leaders. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and Were so your leaders shocked by that when, it, when these, these insights came through? I don't know. I don't think they were... I don't think they were shocked, but I think they were um, uh, engaged in the fact that it was ex the, what we were asking for, or what our colleagues were asking for, was accessible to them or what yeah. they thought was accessible, I think. And what we've had to do along the way is integrate nudges around how you do that. So everybody thinks they can have a conversation, but actually a conversation is, you've got a viewpoint, I've got a viewpoint, and actually we're gonna get somewhere in the middle, as opposed to, because of my level, you will listen to me. Yeah. And that's slightly different, yeah. which is some of the things and that And a we've conversation shared. isn't me giving you instruction. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. we kind of like use that as our premise. So how did you kind of get managers, leaders to be a bit better at having these conversations? So Claire, I think it might be good for you to share some of the things that we did in Leadfest. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have so we have an annual sort of festival of learning, um, and that was that was one of the things that we've used around conversations. So actually having some sessions on having a conversation, which sounds obvious, but actually giving people some of those coaching questions. Yeah. We've got a coaching program um, which is about developing a coaching culture at co-op, so actually developing our own internal coaches. Yeah. I think something that we want to do is create confidence within co-op about the leaders and the ability that people have here. So previously we were maybe really reliant on looking outside, um, which is, so the coaching programme will be a good example of saying rather than always looking externally yeah. for someone to provide that, actually let's A, develop some of our own colleagues to do that, mm. but B, let's look internally. 
And you'll have some people who are naturally brilliant at having we have. these yeah. kind of conversations. So actually, what are they doing well and how can others learn from them rather than an academic programme? Is that, that lead, it's sort of that role modelling piece from a leader perspective, which I think we have done a lot of work on to talk to leaders about the importance of them role modelling. So actually, if people see you spending your time doing something or actually engaging in that conversation, then they will pass that on to their teams. Yeah. They will see that that is something that you can get value from and that colleagues really appreciate. So it's a breeds. Yeah. And also as well, I think, building on that, it, there's, a, there's a level of empowering colleagues to deliver their roles. So there are two things that, you, that we um, shared and discussed amongst ourselves as leaders. Are you on the business or in the business? If you're on the business, you're forward-looking, you're actually making sure that you are leading in the right way. If you're in the business, you're almost doing too much of perhaps the next level down task yeah. and getting too much into, which then means that you've almost got a bit of a level of compression and not necessarily empowering, listening, engaging, and actually being interested in giving our colleagues the space to really deliver their roles in the best way. So that's really important. So anything else that you're doing um, around building leadership capability that's worth sharing? I think that we are focused on inclusion. Mm. We're focusing on, on inclusion beyond diversity. So because you cannot be inclusive if you can't be diverse if you're not inclusive. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm and using that as a big unlock around innovation is really important. So going beyond perhaps what the traditional form of diversity means and looking at diversity of thought, coupled with the fact that you've got great dialogue is something, again, that I think is really important. So we're on a, a bit of a journey. We, um, you know, this isn't a kind of a two-minute fix because it isn't about um, a load of programmes. This is about integrating behaviours into the everyday experiences and, and activities that our leaders need to deliver to. And... Are you seeing any changes, any results? Well, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, you know, we, we started um, uh, in earnest in 2018 and delighted, shocked, surprised to say that we've moved our leadership engagement score in a year by around five points which means that you know, our colleagues and our leaders have stepped forward and really embraced the ask from our colleagues and our colleagues are recognising it. So That's I don't a think there's a, a, a of a shift in one year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think there yeah. are. I'm really, yeah, we're, we're quite proud, aren't we, Claire? Yeah, and I think, I think we're starting to do some quite different things. So thinking around our future leadership, you know, and what, what our future senior leaders would look like. You know, one of the examples that I'm really proud of from last year is that we've put in place a new development programme, thinking about that future leadership piece, and we did a completely blind selection process. So colleagues said to us, you know, this is sort of a tap on the shoulder thing, yeah. you know, in terms of how I get on at co-op, you know, it's who you know, um, like there's all this bias involved. And we sort of sat down and said, okay, how do we really face into that? What, what would be brave? And we said, okay, so we want to look at a development programme for our future leaders, but let's do a blind selection. Let's be clear in terms of the criteria you need to apply, but then actually anyone can apply they don't need to be nominated. And then let's make sure that when we do that selection, we remove assessment centres 
for example, because yeah. we know they play to people who are extroverts, they maybe play to you if you're great at doing presentations, but are they the factors that are really important in our leaders for tomorrow? Not necessarily. Um, so let's remove that and then let's actually not see anybody's name at all through the selection. So we did it online. We and didn't do you, know who do you they think were. that made a big difference to the people that got through? Huge. So Massive, to the people yeah. who got through and also the people who didn't, because what people said is, I'm really delighted that A, I was treated like an adult because I didn't need to wait for somebody to say, maybe you'd like to apply. Yeah. I thought, here's the criteria. This is what it's offering. Yes, I would like to apply. So I took control of that decision myself. And then they couldn't believe that actually it wasn't a traditional assessment centre and we weren't going to know who you were. And we were reviewing the list only yeah. the other day of who's been successful. And we've got a really diverse group of people in there from different parts of the business with different thinking, with different views, different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. we're really excited about what that's going to mean. So how did you make the selection then? If there was no assessment centre, just purely based on the application? Yep, so we went we online, we did a personality and motivations um, questionnaire within that. And then we asked people some questions aligned with our leadership behaviours. And what we also said is, do you know what? It's not that important if you can't write beautifully. Mm. And it's not that important if actually spelling or punctuation isn't absolutely spot on. As long as you can get across the message of what this means. And we picked some of our key behaviours, had some really plain English questions that didn't also lend itself to you maybe being head of strategy or having loads of info <laughs> on that. Uh, yeah. And you could use examples for it from in or out of work. So you've seen more diverse people coming through, but also potentially more operational people. Yeah. Perhaps less from the corporate centre who tend to be overrepresented on these leadership programmes. We have, we have. That's and I, great. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it kind of speaks to so many different angles, doesn't it? It speaks to being truly inclusive. It's speaks to the fairness, it speaks to um, an opportunity for individuals to really fulfil their potential, which is one of our core behaviours. And I think that, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Again, though, this is another one that needed a bit of a bravery pill because within the first moments of launching, there were some questions around, I'd just like to know who's on it or who's applying. <laughs> yeah. And it would be like, no, because that's not what we've agreed and that's not what we're going to share. Um, so that that has been quite interesting. That was but tough, also, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but we've you know and yeah, I'm, you know it's been it's well, been great. Good for you for sticking to your guns. You say you know it needs you need to kind of hold your nerve, hold hands, and go for it, don't you? And and, and presumably this was also based on the colleague voice about getting feedback about how people felt these selection processes went in the past. Yeah, yeah. it was based on um, we've also we've kind of. Um, uh, assessed every aspect of the colleague life cycle for inclusion and it was based on the, that insight around how people felt it was to get on yeah. you know um, along with colleague voice and also kind of input around co-creation but I think Brilliant. it's been really really heartening um, yeah we've done well. So Claire Kamara, Claire Fogden of the co-op Fantastic. Thanks so much for spending the time with us and telling us all about the brilliant things you're doing. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.